Welcome to the Warner Brothers Podcast. My name is Keenan, joined by my brother Kyle, joined by Timmy, joined by Brandon. You guys know what's going on, clearly. It's pretty much football eve of the conference championship. Couldn't be more excited for Detroit going to San Fran, KC going to Baltimore. How do you guys feel today? I'm ready to record. I've been ready all week. Um, You know, felt like... I felt like back in the day when you have a game or when your team's playing, like that's how I feel before we record. I can't wait to hear y'all opinions. I can't wait to hear what you guys think um, about these games as well as like what's happened this week. We've had some big NBA happenings this week, some news, some some 70 point games, some 62 point games. So I definitely want to hear what y'all think about that, but I'm ready. I'm definitely ready. How do y'all feel? I'm ready to go. Um, I think we've got a good slate of games. I think they're both going to be competitive games. Um, I agree. I enjoy, you know, having conversations like this. Um, so I'm ready to get after it. Ready to go. Timmy, how about you? Same. Um, I'm excited. Uh, hoping for some new faces in the Super Bowl. That would be great. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. It's always – it's fun that uh, – in fun news it's always fun that we do this because we would essentially do this by ourselves without it being recorded but now other people can just sit in and enjoy like the fact that we're just here doing it too so it's 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 fun because this would be the same exact conversation we would have like we did for 35 minutes before this podcast (laughs) just having conversation (laughs) about random sports things because why for the love of the game uh but uh for the love of the game and i know we're obviously going to be talking football for sure, but as Kyle alluded to, there have been some big basketball moves so far. Uh, Doc Rivers being signed, obviously Terry Rozier getting traded to the Heat. Where do you guys want to start here, basketball wise, real quick before we get into? Well, this I'll NFL? play that to you guys. I'll play it to the dais. Where do you guys want to start? Because you two are Heat fans. You guys got Terry Rozier. Um, you know what? Let's start there because Brandon and I were kind of on the same page. Keen, I want to know what you think about this. Uh, Brandon hit me. He's like, man, he's like, I think we could trade Hero. And I'm like, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like, I'm going through the roster. Like, you don't really need Hero with Rozier. And you guys don't have a true point guard anymore now that you gave Kyle Lowry away. Obviously, you lost Gabe Vincent in the offseason. So why not trade La- – uh, sorry, not, why not trade Hero for a point guard and maybe just another swing player, rotation player? Like, you could get real value for Hero. So that's where I'm at. Um. Wondering what y'all think. We obviously got the trade deadline here in about two weeks. We've already had two prominent trades with the R.J. Barrett trade. Uh, R.J. Barrett for OG and Adobe is really the uh, nucleus of that. And then obviously this uh, Kyle Lowry for Terry Rozier trade. Pascal Siakam, Pascal Siakam, yes, Siakam yes, yes, too, yes, yes. which is Pascal one, of, which which is the biggest <laughs> trade never talked about in like the history of the NBA. You have an All Star caliber player, and you got traded to a team that was in the finals of the in season tournament. No one talks about it. 
like if you weren't if you didn't watch basketball for that week and you were like Pascal Siakam's a pacer, what? Like you wouldn't like there's a reason. You, like, yeah, you wouldn't have known it. Really like was under talking. What you would have known? Unless not you know. were listed to like NBA shit. Because so Kyle, so Kyle, so Brandon and I were actually talking about this exact trade, and I completely agree with you guys. Steph is on a heater right now, but um, I completely agree with you guys that Tyler Hero does need to be traded. Because I don't like Terry Rogier and Tyler Hero are the same guys. And I was talking to Brandon and I compared it to this is just a much lesser version of Dame and CJ McCollum, which that didn't work because they can't play defense. And I, I, just, I only, I literally don't mean that, Kyle. I mean that in the sense of two small scoring guards who are going to be playing 33 small, plus Hero's minutes six, a game. Six, five. And you're, and you. Yeah, but his effort he's, on defense he's, is uh, terrible. He, okay, so here's the thing. He's not, like, short, small, but he is a small guard. Like, he can he's be slight. bodied. He can he's be slight. moved around. You're not, like, he is, sorry, he's slight. You're not going to, even Trey Young, who is shorter than him, that's a mismatch and a half. You do not want oh, Tyler yeah. Hero guarding Trey Young all game, I at agree. least in my I opinion. Agree. That is. I think it goes both easy. ways. That is easy I'll say work. this. Like, I think, so, I, I believe that the Heat will keep Hero. I don't think they should, obviously, like as we as we brought it yeah. up. Like I think you can get a guard and like you said, he's a bit redundant with Rozier. Uh Hero can probably play off the ball better than Rozier, but Rozier's learned to play off the ball, whether it's Charlotte or whether it's with Boston. Um he is such a perfect Miami yeah. Heat player, like to a T. Um Oh, I love him for I love the I love the pick. I oh, yeah. love Rozier I think on the Celtics. He, he can rebound. Uh he's an underrated excuse me, he's an underrated rebounder. He can create his own shots anywhere. He's only gotten better at that. He's only got more efficient. So, yeah, no, I agree. You don't need Tyler Hero. At the same time, if you did have him, he'd kind of be a luxury. But we did just see last year they made it to the finals without Tyler Hero, with Duncan Robinson playing that spot. So, um, I don't – I mean, maybe you guys know a little more than me. I haven't heard a thing about it, like, oh, maybe the Miami Heat are shopping Tyler Hero or they're thinking about it, but – to me, it's just logical. Like, why would you? Why would you add the starting caliber two guard when you already have a starting caliber two guard on top of uh, Jaime, who's basically a two slash three? Like, they seem overcrowded that position. Um, Hero yeah. has real value. Like, why not? That's kind of where I'm at. And it sounds like that's where you guys are at too. Um, I don't know if I would compare them to Dame and CJ. I think Spencer would make that work out. He has a way of uh, getting his guys to play defense in the playoffs, but. Um, I think they'd be good either way, but I think they would be. I I just more so meant two small guards. True. I didn't mean like they True. actually were. Dame and uh, I mean, Ro- you could even you could even compare it to a lesser version of Trey Young and Dejounte Murray if you want, like some like two guards that are kind of because like Terry Rozier is not afraid to play defense. I just think Tyler Hero defense is not. It's not. You're right. He's it's not. not but I wouldn't call him Trey Young or Dame or to CJ sit, to when it comes in to defense that chair. either. I, I'd put him at least. He doesn't want to play defense but, either. To me, they're a really good team and already a dangerous team, even without Rozier. Now they got Rozier, they're even more dangerous, especially to a team like Milwaukee, uh, who we'll talk about in a sec. But, man, if you just, like, put Hero on the market, I feel like you put yourself not only in just contender status, which I think you guys already are, but I think you guys are, like, right there, right there. If you put Hero up for two or three guys, whatever whatever the salary would be, I think y'all could be right there. They definitely need size. Yes, I I completely agree with that. I'm just someone who's on the trade block, and I'm interested in what your thoughts were. What would you feel if they could get a Zach Levine? 
instead of having Tyler Hero. I know that I know that would technically be redundant, but he's a better athlete. He'd be a better defender, and I think on Spolstra he could be, and he'd be a happier player. I don't know what you feel. I'm just curious. I actually, I, before we got on, I was actually going to ask you about that because I did, like a couple weeks ago, I saw his name floated around. I would be happy with that. I do agree he's better defensively. Tyler Hero is a liability defensively. He just doesn't want to play defense. And he's got his moments where he's streaky. Um, like I told you earlier, I think he has an issue with being off the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach Levine can be off the ball. He's efficient off the ball, effective. So I would I would do that as long as – as long as they're not asking for too much else. Like I would throw in, I'd throw in a pick, and, you know, maybe somebody else for salary, maybe Caleb Martin or mm. Josh know, Duncan Robinson. Josh Richardson would hurt else. me. Yeah, Richardson. Um, if we could get Alex Caruso back as well too, I would I would definitely do that. That would. If, if anybody's like, been a Miami I, Heat. I know they don't want to really if move anybody's off been a Miami Caruso Heat because... player or would be a Miami Heat player, it would be Alex Caruso. And he's gonna he's gonna be a hot name toward, towards the deadline. Like, I feel like everybody, whether it's the Celtics, whether it's the Lakers, whether it's even the Warriors, I feel like everybody's gonna be gunning for Caruso. Um, yeah. I do wonder. Mm-hmm. I wonder if DeRozan's gonna be available. Um, I feel like he would be a great addition to whether it's Miami. Like if if let's just say you're Miami and you could straight up flip yeah. Hero for DeRozan. Uh, my God, like I would be scared to death as someone who supports the Celtics. Or if you're a Bucks fan. I think you should be scared to death of that. Um, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. The only issue True. I have with that is the spacing. Yeah. It's, it's Especially like, with Jimmy Butler. They're, they're, they're kind of redundant. Now, Even though he turns up his three-point shooting. Yeah. A little bit. Now, I did, I did see, I don't know if it's true or not, but I did see that uh, Miami made contact with Brooklyn a couple of days ago. But after the Rosier trade for hmm. Benny Smith and Royce O'Neal. I don't hate which, that. I don't either. I don't hate that. Would they, would they give up? Spot. And they can Andy shoot. Can shoot a three. <sighs> I think that would be a Duncan Robinson kind of scenario. Like, you'd have to throw somebody in there because Caleb Martin doesn't really If you're not giving up Tyler Hero and you can do that, and Tyler Hero would be fine coming off the bench again because I think Terry should start over him. I think <laughs> Tyler Hero fits better on the bench because he has his own – that's me. He has his own unit. And when he has his, I've over the years, I feel like he's always come better, been better off the bench because he has his own oh, unit yeah. where he can be the number one guy. The offense flows through him, and so obviously playing late in game for sure. But I think that would be if you got a Rozier, Jimmy Butler, Finney Smith, uh, probably Royce O'Neal off the bench. But you'd have Bam, and then depending on who you want to have, uh, even Jacquez Jr. I wouldn't mind and, him and Yovic. Jovic has but been I getting run too, so you'll have him in the postseason. It seems like as a rotation player. I hope uh, they're 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 just uh, they're literally as you, sh- as you should though. I mean, he's he's not even are. old enough to drink yet, right? He's just twenty. He's got all that potential, but I mean, has, baby step. Yeah. If there's one team that showed us, hey, like we can make a G League player out of nothing, we can make a guy who other man's trash is our treasure. It's Miami, so I mean, I wouldn't even be, I wouldn't even be worried about that. Because oh, like, I don't, I don't, I'm not worried. I just because he's been I, at I'm least starting to see him. More he's been so, at least like, starting. So I would say after the break, I'm sure, especially if someone gets traded, that he'd get more minutes. But I mean, to me, I, I don't need to question Miami on what they do in their off and like their farms. Like I'm not questioning <laughs> how they develop players. Like 
Gabe Vincent and Max Struess got bags because of the fact Duncan Robinson gets real quality minutes. And <laughs> we haven't heard of Kendrick Nunn since. Kendrick Nunn, like, like uh. <laughs> literally since. So, like, like, he got injured on the Lakers the first year, and he, we haven't. I, I, he might be a Lakers so, still. He might not be a Lakers still. I so really Petty mentioned, tell you where he is. He mentioned Duncan Robinson. <laughs> I, I know, know y'all are Heat fans, but to me, I'd almost want to keep Duncan Robinson rather than Hero. Even though I, they both are good shooters, I think I think Duncan Robinson's like about as top notch as a quality shooter as you can get. Maybe like a Kyle Korver light. Whereas if you can get that, even though he is a high salary, maybe not even now in today's NBA with the cap. I don't know. I don't know. But if you got rid of Hero and still kept that level of shooting and got whoever back, like I'm thinking of a two for one for Hero, or even if it was a two for two, just a salary match with Hero. But Hero being the nucleus of that. I would think you'd be able to get two quality players, if not one solid player on Heroes level. So I really yeah. wonder what that is. I would think Riley and Spolstra, but especially Riley would be thinking that way. But maybe they just covet Hero, you know, more than we covet him, the three of us, the way we're talking about him. But I don't know. I'd be okay. I would think that it's certainly possible. he would be on the table. I mean, especially after the run last year without him. So. I don't know. That's very interesting to me with these last two yeah, weeks. No, I, exactly two weeks now that I'm thinking about it. It's Thursday. Two weeks from now, we'll get the trade deadline. Yes. I do agree with that. I have one more question on this, and we can move over to the coaching situation, the coaching change. If you're uh, Flip side. If you are a team who is contending, do you look yeah, to trade not? for Hero? Okay, it depends on yeah. the trade. Like. Like the Lakers making a trade, if it was like Jared Vanderbilt and somebody else, I don't think you would be able to get Jared Vanderbilt and D'Lo for him. But like Jared Vanderbilt and maybe Rory for in getting Tyler Hero, or if you are, I don't know, some there's a couple other teams out there that could use scoring and you'd get him. I was just curious how you guys felt about yeah, the I mean, opposite if you're, side of it. If you're a team like yeah. like Brooklyn. Like he mentioned, like Petty mentioned, um, like why wouldn't you want a young star? Because they don't have their pick this year. It's a weak draft. Why not go get another young quality piece? Like he's anywhere from for sure starter level to fringe all star level. Like so, Hero could be, and especially with that that Heat come up, like that's that's definitely a piece I would covet. Like you're definitely not getting a Jordan Poole type with hero you're getting someone who's at least going to work hard you're at least getting someone who's even flash and playmaking ability in hero so um yeah no i would definitely want him on my squad i think the celtics had a chance to draft him back in the day when he was in the draft and i wanted him them to draft him so yeah no yeah, that's they someone <laughs> they absolutely did because uh shannon absolutely right, yeah, UK, wanted him uk like for sure because obviously shannon's a I was going to say, big sure. Kentucky guy, big Celtic guy. So he was like, I want Hero on this roster. For sure. But so, I mean, didn't end up getting him. So that's the most interesting very, situation to me on top of maybe Chicago. Because we know all the usual suspects are going to be looking for trades. Sixers are going to be looking for trades. Boston's going to be looking for trades. Miami's going to be active. Mm-hmm. LA is obviously going to be active. Uh, it seems like the Knicks are going to be active. You know, so all the usual suspects are going to be active. Chicago looks like a seller, but they're much where they've been the last few years, which is like play in. Oh, they could work their way into the playoffs if they go on a good enough win streak. Kobe White plays well enough. So you never really know if they're actually going to sell Levine. I know they're playing better without Levine. uh, So I would like to see him somewhere else. I'm not particularly a Levine fan. um, But I haven't heard Miami thrown around. I could almost see that working as much as I 
I'm not a big Levine guy. I could see that working better than the Lakers for Levine. Uh, I really want to see. I really want to see DeRozan. I, I agree on a on a championship type roster, whether it's Miami, whether whether it's I don't know, maybe LA, but I think Miami would be a good spot for him, or maybe even I don't know, maybe Denver. I don't know, but Denver doesn't really have the trade pieces. They'd have to trade some of the nucleus. Denver doesn't have to make any moves really. So um, yeah, they'd... so I would. I've got one sure. trade real quick. And I would be talking with the Pistons and possibly trying to get Bogdanovich and getting Danilo Gallinari. I think you could do work. I think Gallo would be a nice veteran piece. I think Bogdanovich would be a nice piece as well. And then possibly something else in a Tyler Hero package. And I think Tyler Mm -hmm. Hero on Detroit would work because you'd have Cade and then you'd have another guy who can score. Obviously, they have Jaden Ivey, I know. And they have younger guards who can score. Killian Hayes is solid, too. Uh, but there was one. Th- I feel like that wouldn't be bad for them. There was one. Or maybe Alec today. Burks with it too. I don't know if y'all saw it, but it was Levine. Supposedly, this was actually talked about between the two franchises. It was Levine for Bogdanovich to the Bulls, and one of Asar Thompson, one of Cade Cunningham, and one of Jaden Ivey or Jaden uh, Ivey. Who's the big? Duran. Yep. One of those. Uh, Duran for Levine, which would be. To me, a lateral move for the Pistons, it would be great for the Bulls. Um, or for the Pistons, it's weird. The Pistons mm-hmm. have a ton of talent. I don't I don't think they're nearly as bad as what their record shows. I don't understand the fit with Monty. Um, but we'll talk we'll talk coaches in a sec here. All righty. Tim, <clears throat> yes, hold on, absolutely. Tim. Tim. So hero traded or to- hero stay? Break you gotta break the break the debate here. <laughs> all right, all right. Tim, stay. stay. Tim says, stay. We'll see. We'll reconvene on February 9th or February 8th. Late February 8th, we'll convene on uh, what's going on. It's so crazy how people's stock weird. goes down. Right after, right after the bubble, Tyler Hero, yeah. you would not have moved off of him at all. Right after no. the 2022 championship, Jordan Poole was a commodity. You would have not moved I never, off of To be fair, like, I oh, never understood gonna... that one with Jordan Poole. I was like, like what? You know what? It's fair. It's fair to even feel that way, but and I kind of felt was. that way with Hero. Like that's the crazy. I like, felt I, that way with Hero, I, I but at least I can see. I was like, all right, he he could shoot. Um, Miami, you got a factor. My made big play. Miami he made reminds big me plays so much of a run. mixture of. Yeah. I've said this a million times, but they remind me so much of the Spurs, but so much of the Patriots. They really remind me of the Patriots as far as like, oh, that's our type of guy. We're gonna get him. Y'all might not see it, but we see it, and he's gonna succeed with us. Or Oh, that's a talented player. You guys think he's, you know, trouble, this or that, and we're just gonna turn him into the best version of himself, you know, like Hassan Whiteside back in the day and Dion Waiters. Uh they just remind me so much of the Pats in their heyday in that regard. Yeah. Um, so quick question. Would you guys fire your coach if you were a second in the in that situation? If you in that situation, I mean, to me that was brewing. To me, that was brewing. I think that was one of the things in our preseason preview, Keenan, with me, you, and Camden. I think that was on my things to watch was Adrian Griffin. Um, that was a very surprising hire at the time to me because uh, Nick Nurse was available. Yep. Doc was available. Um, a few other guys were available mm-hmm. that weren't named Adrian Griffin. And um, I actually just found out this week, you know, listening to podcasts and just listening around that – like Giannis was all the way out on Nick Nurse, which is surprising because he was certainly the best coach on the market. Um, 
And then like even yeah, Monty, yeah. even Monty Williams, I'm not like a huge fan of him, but he would have worked in the Doc Rivers role that he's going to be doing now as far as the vet dude, the former player that's in the star's ear. He would have worked much better than Adrian Griffin. Um, yeah. We saw what he did with the Suns. Like, he, like yeah. that was yeah, and, a similar uh, situation. And to be fair to Adrian Griffin, Obviously. he was hired before the Dame trade. So maybe they weren't even thinking like contending this year or maybe like fringe contenders with their original roster. I don't know. Um, but, you know, it's... Which is which is crazy. Any sure. year you have Giannis, sure. you're a contender. So I think I know I know what you're saying. Like what like the office might have been, thinking, and not even like non-contender, case, not a non-contender. Nice. That's that's a wrong that's a wrong <laughs> word to use. But no, maybe I know they what, didn't I know what think, you're saying. Like, I know what you're. I don't know. Maybe they're waiting on an injury type of thing. I don't know. But it seemed like it seems like Adrian Griffin was more yeah. of a developmental coach. Maybe someone you'd want if this was like Giannis's second or third year, not you know eight nine years, whatever Giannis is into the league. Um, so to me, honestly, I wasn't too surprised by it. Like to get the notification on my phone. Yeah. I was surprised, but like, it's something I was honestly like, I wouldn't have been surprised if he was fired after the year, just because it just didn't make sense with the timeline. Um, that would have made more sense to me, but it just like, they were 30 and 13. They were, they were looking good already. It just didn't make the timing of it just didn't fully make sense to me because they had won their last couple games. So it wasn't like they were coming off a terrible loss. Like that's why I felt like something happened and it must have happened and, internally. And I don't was like that's the last I don't straw. Think, um, and then they I just agree. I don't think necessarily something happened internally as much as like it's just been this way the whole season. Like they were I think it was the in season tournament where Bobby Portis was calling out Adrian Griffin. And that's the type of stuff like the stuff I was hearing, like Giannis not being in the huddle and and just the guys not respecting Adrian Griffin. Um it was very much like the David Blatt situation years ago, which you'll hear this yeah. be compared to. Um, and that's all it was. Like, I feel bad for Adrian Griffin and the fact that, like, he's probably equipped to be an NBA coach. Obviously, he was hired to, you know, coach this team. But mm-hmm. he wasn't equipped to coach a, a contender, a championship-level team. So, you know, I made the comparison, like, Monty Williams would probably be better with this team than he would Detroit. Same thing. Adrian Griffin would be better with this team than he would uh, Milwaukee. So it's just unfortunate. They should have just hired Doc in the offseason. Um, it really seems like it was a Giannis hire to begin with, I would assume anyway. They got rid of Bud because of Giannis. They hired Adrian Griffin and got rid of Adrian Griffin because of Giannis. So Giannis is on his LeBron shit, it seems like. Uh, was it the right move, though? Yes, it was. They're going to be better with Doc. Um, I know Doc gets a lot of hate. Um, to me, it's... That's your typical like narrative that takes a strong turn. Um, I actually have a football comparison for Doc, but I'm going to let y'all react, and I'll get to my uh, Doc Rivers piece later. I'm going to let y'all react. Brandon, you go. It didn't It didn't surprise me. I got the notification, and I was like, okay, I could see that coming. I mean, they kind of got into a little bit of a dogfight with the Pistons. Um, they were playing down to other teams as well, too. And then I also think as well, too, I don't think he really did a good job of getting Dame and Giannis acclimated together. I don't think they did a good job of coexisting. Um, it was You'd have a Giannis game, and then you'd have a Dame game, and there, was no, there wasn't really too much uh, chemistry between them two. Um, so I think – I do think the timing was a little curious to me. I could have definitely, I would have been okay if they would have waited until the end of the year, but I understand why they just went ahead and cut ties. Now you get Doc in there. Um, 
a guy that's going to know what to do with the roster with that much talent. Um, he did that with the Clippers, uh, with countless other teams. So I, I, I think it's a good move on their part. Um, just a little curious on the timing. Yeah, the timing threw me off a little bit too. But uh, you, know, you get Doc in there and you get a guy who his narrative has gone down because he's blown 3-2 leads. He's blown 3-1 leads. So people feel like he's not a great playoff coach, even though he is a champion. He has coached in the finals more than once. Uh, so I think... He is a professional. That's the one thing that they need there, and he's an adult, and he is also someone who is a hard-nosed guy. And defensively, a team with Giannis, Brooke Lopez, I understand they obviously lost Drew Holiday, but you shouldn't – Drew Holiday should make you go from, like, the number one or two defensive team maybe to the number 10. You shouldn't be this bad defensively. No. Especially if you have Giannis. Like, Giannis alone, like AD right now alone for the Lakers, I know they have some pieces, but AD alone – makes them a top 15 defense and Giannis has that same capability. He's just not utilizing it now. And I feel like doc's going to instill that defensive nature in Milwaukee more. So I would think they're going to be on an uptick that way. And he's, he's coached players of this stature before, as you were saying, it's Chris Paul, Blake Griffin. Those are guys of high stardom. You have uh, Paul Pierce, KG Ray Allen to start off, and then Rondo gets into that when he becomes a star too. Yeah. Obviously, you just coached Embiid and Harden, so he's coached a lot of stars before. And having two co- uh, two stars coexist, three stars even coexist. So, I think it's a good hire. It should have been the original hire, but I mean, I think it's cool because you don't want to waste a season, and you feel like coaching could be an edge or a problem. And if you feel like it is now, you might as well do it. But I, it was just weird timing to me. It just shocked me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. It's around the same time that David Black got fired in his second yes. season. Yeah. Um, different top heavy, as you know what. I think that was like right before he got fired. It might have been, or it might have been a year after, possibly. But I uh, think that was when LeBron said that we're top heavy. Right, right, right. Uh, the difference is with that, though, they promoted Ty Lue from within. So he had the same coaching staff, everything. Yeah. Doc's going into Adrian Griffin's coaching staff. Doc's coming yeah. out off the street just mid-January, late January, actually. <laughs> and just, yeah. here you go. Here's Dame. Here's Giannis. And still hey, whatever you Go from you calling some games as a color commentator. Go, go coach Gian. Hey, yeah. Yeah. He's been wa- Lisa's been watching basketball. Yeah. Not that you would yeah. ever expect actually, him not to, but at least he's been watching basketball. Actually, Doc had these spots he was doing like once a month with Bill Simmons on his podcast. And they were like really good. Like, Doc, honestly, like I'm in the minority here. I'm a huge Doc Rivers fan just as like the person, like. I love listening to Doc talk basketball and just talk like ball history and stuff like that. Like he's got great anecdotes. He's knowledgeable. And knowledgeable, exactly. And he knows what he's talking about. Because of like all the stars he's coached. You know what I mean? And And played um, with. And played with, absolutely. Absolutely. And played against. So I love listening to Doc. I love having Doc in the league. I actually really liked him having, you know, being a commentator. I thought he was very skilled at that. Um, But it's kind of, it's really interesting. And I learned today he signed an extension through 27. So looks like he'll be there at least for a few years. But this to me is just like super interesting. I don't expect them to win the championship or anything, obviously, but it's like, all right, how it's pretty much exactly the halfway point. Adrian Griffin coached 43 games. Doc's going to get 39 games with him. Right. So like, let's see what he does. Let's see how that goes. Um, so I can't wait to see what that looks like. Um, I do agree with Keenan. I think they're going to get better defensively. I don't think they have the personnel really to get better defensively because I think they're like a seven deep team. But 
as we're going to talk about in the NFL playoffs, you really only need it for a certain amount of games, right? I mean, you can yeah. get by. You can. We've seen with Adrian Griffin, they can just flat out score teams with Dame and Giannis, and they're not even like I agree with Brandon. They're scratching maybe 60 percent of the surface with those two, and those are two all time players. Uh, Dame's clearly taking a step back, but has he really? Maybe he's just not being put in the best positions. Um, so I don't know. We'll see more of the Dame Giannis pick and roll. Maybe we'll see more dribble drive from Giannis that creates more opportunities for Dame. Um, but I like the hire. Like I said, I'm big on Doc as far as uh, how he is as a coach, at least with stars. Um, he to me, Doc Rivers to me, like no, he's not a good X's and O's guy like uh, like Nick Nurse, right? But he is. He's like a cornerman in boxing where you're in your stars ear, you're giving the motivation. Like that's his job, you know. And you'll yeah. hear you'll hear like the 08 Celtics, like Rondo Pierce, KG, all those guys. They praise Doc. Um, I don't even think Chris Paul or Blake would have a bad thing to say about Doc. Like Doc's coached in some weird ass situations. He had yeah. Simmons when he melted down. He had Chris Paul and Blake Griffin when they were beefing. Uh, but to make an NFL comparison, who Doc Rivers reminds me of to a T with his postseason record, with his regular season record, with how he approaches coaching. Tim, you'll appreciate this. He's the NFL equivalent to Mike Tomlin. Uh, Tomlin's very much like that, where he's not an X and O guy, but he is very much the locker room motivational guy. And it works to a point. It works to a point. And uh, they each have one ring. Tomlin's two games below 500 in the playoffs. I think Doc's only seven games above 500 in the playoffs. But Which is like the same equivalent, honestly. Pretty much, right? And uh, Doc's, Doc's only had two losing seasons, his first two seasons with the Celtics, and then he had a losing season, which he got fired in his last season with the, with the Magic, and it was like within 11 games. He started like 1-10. Uh, and Tomlin, famously, has never had a losing season. So they're very much the same to me. They're in the same uh, air to me. And, uh, yeah. you know, I do think, you know, Doc's not the most modern coach but I do think he'll be good for Dame and Giannis and how that will work beyond this year. I'm not sure, but I do think they'll improve in the short term. Um, I do think they're at least a second round team and we'll see beyond that. But, you know, to, to curl our first topic back in curl Miami back in, I think Miami's already taken a lead ahead of them with this Rozier trade. And, uh, I don't know. I just think Miami's live. And if if Milwaukee can get any sort of camaraderie going towards the playoffs, then yeah, absolutely they're dangerous. And especially if they can make a trade and just get one more body, one more guy who can mm-hmm. spot up, maybe play a little defense, maybe a three and D guy. Like if they got Finney Smith, that would improve them. Um yep. but I don't yeah. expect it. I don't expect it. So you know, we'll see. We'll see. I'm very interested just to see how this experiment from midseason goes. But I expect mm-hmm. more next year and the year beyond but hey dame's gonna be a year older than he already doesn't play the greatest so i don't know brandon do you have any more um no not really just get all right well kyle was talking (laughs) about motivational coaches and clearly we've got one this weekend playing in the nfl that's dan campbell that's the san francisco 49ers but I'm not starting there. We're going to start Baltimore KC because it's the first game. It's the first game. And we're going to and we're going to start with Tim, Timothy Gray. Are you going to call start him Tim McGraw? Uh, no, Tim, I, I, I was going to call him Tim, Tim Gray, McGraw. then I was thinking Timothy Gray, then Timothy Gray. Wait, I don't on, even really on. care. Before we Tim, we got to get good firing, bad hiring or was it what's your what's your view on this Doc Rivers thing? Good hiring or bad bad hiring? What do you think? Good firing. 
Okay. Mediocre higher. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. That's what I'll give it. I don't. Here's what I'll say: the Bucks aren't winning a championship. Okay. All right. Tim laid it down. Absolutely (laughs) breaking it down with the Pirates in space. The the Bucks are not winning a chip. All right. (laughs) Not. They're not winning a chip. But Timmy. I need to know what you feel about this Baltimore KC game. And you can go in depth, man. We just were talking for a while. If you want to talk for 10 minutes, feel free. We'll sit and listen. Definitely not going to talk for 10 minutes. I don't know <laughs> if I could even write a script that would last 10 minutes. Um, when I look at this game, I think this is going to be a good game. Um, the Baltimore Ravens defense – I think is the best defense that the chiefs have played like in a while. Mm -hmm. And we haven't seen them play very well until last week where they played pretty, pretty good. You know, Kelsey got involved, a couple touchdowns scored 27. Um, I don't think they're scoring 27 this weekend is, is, is what I'm thinking here. Um, Before the show, Brandon had brought up uh, injury report. We got Pacheco missing some linemen mm-hmm. that could that could really hurt them if they can't run um that's a big deal uh definitely taking the ravens just because gotta stick with it stick with my guns here ravens are the better team better defense offense looks better um, not gonna lie i think this could be not an ugly game but i think the ravens can run away with it so I'll take it 27 to 17. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. How many Mahomes turnovers? Uh, Mahomes will have two turnovers. They're going to get a fumble early, like mm. real early. First quarter, maybe a couple minutes into the game, Mahomes fumble. So you don't. Uh, and then they're going to get a pick. You don't believe. You don't believe like the Chiefs will have a like underdog factor here. You don't think they like you're basically saying like the Ravens overall are just going to be too talented even for that factor to like because Mahomes is an underdog. His record's insane. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll add my two cents eventually. Like I don't know what order we're going in here, but you I just mean, keep talking right now. You're already going on it. I agree with Tim. Then I completely, yeah, I completely agree. Like uh, I don't know if I have a ten point victory, but I have a hard time believing. Like I'll, I'll go this far. I'll say I, I could see the Chiefs score more than seventeen. I could see the Chiefs even putting up twenty four, right? But you know the logic I've used with the Niners in weeks past. Um, I just have a hard time believing the Chiefs are going to get a quality performance out of their offense, but also going to stop Lamar in the running attack, Lamar in the passing attack, uh, Zay Flowers, Odell if they want to use him, the two tight ends, um, on top of the Ravens having a good line, the fact that the Ravens want to run, the fact that, I mean, this is why I love the Eagles so much in, you know, last year and then leading up to, like, when they fell off. They can just get it to second and manageable so much, the Niners as well. I think that's such a factor when you can just sit at second and four all the time, second and six, and then the playbook's just open. And uh, 
the Chiefs defense is good. Don't get me wrong. They're tough. They're physical. But the Bills ran it all over them last week. I mean, uh, you know, we talked about what happened in the game and how Allen took those deep shots at the end. You know, he got second and nine. And, you know, maybe if he doesn't get bumped by his line, lineman, he hits Shakir on that play. But they easily ran the ball. And the Ravens want to run the ball. And guess what? If you take away the run, okay, we can put Lamar in read option. We can put Lamar in play action. Like, they just have so many options. The only way I really see the Chiefs just coming away with this game is if Lamar has a terrible game. If Lamar is just fucking awful. Because, I mean, look, I know we see it time and time again where you have a star player like Andrews out, and they come back and play, and they're just not the same. They're truly injured, but they're, you know, if it was a regular season game, they'd be out, but it's the playoffs, so they activate them. Even if that's the case, likely's playing at a high level. Uh, mm-hmm. Their stable of backs are playing at a high level. Their offensive line's playing at a high level. Like Tim said, this is the best defense the Chiefs are going to be facing for quite a while. And we saw how the, the Raiders put the shackles on them. I know it was about four weeks ago, but I think that's a lot to ask. Even if Mahomes has like a four-touchdown game. And let me ask let me ask y'all, can you guys realistically see Mahomes putting up four touchdowns, no picks, something like that? Like, I just can't I, see, I it. see it. I can't see it. And I'm, you know, as someone who's going to eventually bet this game, as someone who, like, saw Mahomes as an underdog last week and he put up a, a really good performance. They even put that offense to a more traditional three-step drop back, get the ball out type of offense. We saw Kelsey have a throwback performance, sure. But can I really see Mahomes is taking over? And then on top of that, them holding Lamar? No, I can't. Gun to my head, I cannot. And I just... I don't know. I think I truly think the only path to victory for them is Lamar to have like a three turnover game. Yeah. Could happen. It could. I mean, he could absolutely get tight. I just don't see it. And they're so well-rounded everywhere else. So fundamentally sound everywhere else and can just play from second and four, third and two. Uh, that, <coughs> excuse me. That's such an advantage for them. I don't, I just don't see it. I can't see it at all. Um, I will have a score for you in a second. I want to hear what y'all have to say. But I do. I'll sit. Fuck it. Let's uh say thirty-two to twenty-five, Ravens. That's a cover, and that's a that's a decisive win for the Ravens. Hey, Brandon, you go. So I I agree. I'm picking Baltimore to win this game. Um, like we were talking about before we started recording, uh, Pacheco did not practice today. That's two straight days that he didn't practice. Whether he's actually hurt or if it's management, whatever. Um, he's got an ankle toe issue, so even if he does play, that could hinder him. You might see some more Clyde Edwards layer. He did that on the last, his pretty much the last run of the game. It was right before mm-hmm. the um, Hardman that thirty yard run. You saw it on the sideline, but go on. And then, from what I saw today, too, Joe Tooney is more than likely not playing because he has. I don't know if it was meniscal or. It was a knee issue. So their best offensive lineman more than likely is going to be out. So it's going to make it even harder to run the ball against a great Baltimore front. Um, I think defensively Baltimore matches up well against Kansas City. Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen can can guard Travis Kelsey. And then you have Kyle Hamilton, too, if you want to put Kyle Hamilton on him. Um, Marlon Humphrey is going to take Rasheed Rice. And as we've seen, Kansas City really has no proven wide receiver, too. <laughs> Um, and then I think Baltimore offensively, I agree. They're going to run the ball. They're going to want to run the ball. Um, Derek Nottie, uh, 
Kansas City's DT2 is more than likely going to be out. He's trending that way. Hadn't practiced second day in a row. Um, probably their second best interior defensive lineman besides Chris Jones. Um, I think Baltimore, I think it's going to be close to first quarter to maybe kind of like you saw the Texans game last week going into halftime. But I think eventually as the game kind of wears on and wears on, I think Baltimore is going to wear Kansas City out defensively. And I think Baltimore is going to win 31-21. Two 10-point victories. Um, You guys have it higher scoring than I do. I'll get to who I have winning, which is not a shock because I've uh, kind of alluded to it for the last few weeks. Uh, 31-21. All right. So, going through this game, I did it with the other game too, and that's going to be a little bit more interesting breaking that down. Um, I went in and I was like, let me break down every position group and let me see what's better. Coach, Eileen, Andy Reid, but John John Harbaugh is a very good coach. Quarterback, you can put equal. You can lean Patrick Mahomes because it's Patrick Mahomes, or also if you want to see who's playing better this season, it's Lamar Jackson. I put equal, but if you want to go Patrick Mahomes, I'm fine with that. Running back. Um, the Chiefs have the better running back in Isaiah Pacheco, but if he doesn't play, then definitely not. But the Ravens have the better running attack. Obviously, mm-hmm. with the fact that Lamar is Lamar, you could argue he's the best running back in the game, but also he's your quarterback. Receiving core, Eileen, the um, Ravens, because of the fact that you have Zay Flowers, who's not as good as Rasheed Rice, but Zay Flowers has been really good. Obviously, I trust Odell more than Scantling. I trust I think- uh, Bateman more than Justin Watson. Uh, the way Travis Kelsey is playing, I mean, I think Travis Kelsey is better than Isaiah Likely, but Isaiah Likely is playing very well. I would have the Kansas City, I'd have the Baltimore Ravens have a better receiving core. Kyle, you were saying something? I was just going to say, you know, I don't I don't think it'd be crazy to say Zay Flowers is better than uh, Rasheed Rice. I don't think it would be crazy to say that. I don't think it's crazy. I just wouldn't have him there yet. I think I like how Rasheed Rice has been playing. But again, Zay Flowers has been playing really good football, too. So I'm not no real debate here for me. Uh, offensive line wise, I've got the Ravens. They have a better offensive line right now. I live, but that's really, you could equal out that they both have very good offensive line. So I could put equal there. defensive line. I understand Chris Jones is really good and the chiefs have a good defensive line. I lean the Ravens. Jason, uh, Justin Matabuki has an all is an all pro second team. Chris Jones was the first team there. I think that should have switched, but that's me or Aaron Donald should have not been there. That's me though. Um, so defensive line, I would lean there. Linebackers, you have Roquan Smith already. That they have a better linebacking core. Secondary, you have Kyle Hamilton, Marlon Humphrey. Kicker, you have the best kicker of all time on the Ravens team. So they're pretty much better in a lot of aspects here. The reason why you would pick the Chiefs would only be because Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar hasn't been in the spot. They have been in the spot six straight years. That would be really, and that would that's your, that's it. So I I understand the Chiefs defense is very good. The Ravens is better. I have the Ravens here twenty four to twenty. I think it's gonna really come down to for both teams. Can Steve Spagnola call blitzes in him Lamar in the pocket? Because if Lamar escapes the pocket and you're sending blitzes, that's gonna be daylight. And for the Ravens, you rush four. Can you keep Mahomes contained? Because Mahomes outside of the pocket, that's when he's super deadly. If you keep him in the pocket, obviously he's still very good, but he's not as deadly there. And they've been doing that with every quarterback this season. I don't think that fully changes, but obviously Mahomes can have a good game. But 24-20 Ravens, 
They are going to the Super Bowl. I think it's going to be a fun game. I might actually lower my final score, but that's besides the point. I do think there is a world, just a world. I'm not saying, I mean, obviously I made my pick, so we know where I lay here, but there is a world where, like, they can make Lamar uncomfortable. Like, Lamar looked kind of... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Certainly, yeah. Lamar looked kind of tight even in the first half of the Texans game. Um, I'm under the belief that he will be comfortable and, you know, Baltimore is a legit home field advantage, too. Let's not get it twisted. So, like, you know, Mahomes won his first game on the road last week. It would just be tough to go to <laughs> to Buffalo and Baltimore and win both of those games. Like, the NBA equivalent to that would be, like, I don't know, winning a game seven in Golden State and then winning a game seven in L.A. Uh, that would just be tough. Like, that's super tough to ask of him. And this his receiving core is just not equipped. Um, so like earlier in the week, like all week, I would say I was expecting like, kind of like you can like a 24, 20 game, which still might happen, but like a, just a true classic. And it still might be, that still might be the game of Sunday. It very well might be like, I would, we're going to see the chiefs true championship medal. You know what I mean? Like they definitely ain't going to roll over and shit. If they get through the Ravens, like if they really get through the Ravens and just at least compete in the Super Bowl, they ain't got to win it. But if they compete, you can start comparing them a little bit to the Pats. Like, I've been weary to compare them to the Pats at all. I think people forget about the early run of the Pats. I mean, Kim, you mentioned last year or last episode, like, obviously the Patriots got the 18-1 and record, most wins in a regular season for one season. They got the most wins over two seasons, 22 straight. Uh, so that's where the Chiefs don't compare to me. Um, you mentioned just barely, like, Andy Reid, you'd have him a nudge ahead of Harbaugh, which – I don't think that's controversial at all. Like, I'd say, I mean, you know, that's nothing crazy about that. But I do think Harbaugh is like one of the, he's better with less. You know what I mean? I don't know if Andy Reid's a better, less with more kind of thing. I think uh, Harbaugh is more Spolstra than Andy Reid to make that comparison. So, like, the only outcome of this that I can really see, again, I'll repeat it, is just Lamar having a bad game. I just can't see it. Like, even if he had two touchdowns to one pick. Right. Like as long as he's running the ball effectively, I can't see the Chiefs really hanging with them. And the way to hang with them would be to shorten the game and them to run the ball on their end with Pacheco. And I I don't know. What's the injury? What's Pacheco's exact injury? It's an ankle injury. injury. Ankle and toe. Yeah. So let's just assume he plays, but Tooney doesn't. That's a big loss right there. Like that alone is just a game changer for Tooney. Uh, Because Pacheco's been playing his ass off. I mean, Pacheco... If you're telling me it's a low-scoring game in that ilk of 24-20 and it's going to be Mahomes, Kelsey, Pacheco, and Rasheed Rice, like that's that's the four and they're just going toe-for-toe. Toe. Like there's a recipe there, but it's just hard for mm-hmm. me to envision. Baltimore just has so much. And if Lamar's not playing tight, it's – I mean, to me it's like a Cinderella run for, for the Chiefs. And, you know, I think the Bills let him off the hook. Last week with, you know, going big on second and nine when they could have ran the clock all the way down to 40 or 30 seconds for a chip shot field goal. But here we are. I mean, I just think it's a lot to ask of that team. But, hey, the Chiefs definitely outperformed my expectations. I had them – I would have had them losing in the first round if it was a 60-degree game and not a fucking below zero game against Miami. So props to them. They're, They're true champions. I love the way they're defending their championship, but I do see it. Of course, ending Sunday, like I said, and 
Sounds like we all got it. We don't often agree, especially when it's four of us, but all of us got Baltimore. Hopefully that's not the kiss of death for Kansas City. I'd really love to see Baltimore in there and not Kansas City again, but we'll see. Yes, we will. And so now it's the 615 slot. We know who's in the AFC. We go over to the NFC. We got Detroit. They are heading to San Francisco. San Francisco started as like a seven-point favorite. I think they've either been bet down a little bit or up a little bit. Depends on where you get it. I think it's six um, and a half now. The six and a half now. All right, so Timmy, what say you about this game? Who wins and why? This one is definitely a lot harder. Um, but I am going to do it. I'm taking Detroit here mm-hmm. to defeat San Francisco. Um, wow. Last week, we did the rankings. Keenan, you did the defensive rankings, right? And you had the 49ers at two. And I was thinking about it, and I honestly don't know if they're two. I really don't. Casey's looking after this week, seeing things, I honestly would probably put Casey ahead of them for sure. I might even take Tampa ahead of them, to be honest with you. Um, Looking at some of these games, they had a pretty – light schedule compared to a lot of teams this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so they started out with the Steelers, uh, with Matt Canada. They scored a nice seven points on them. Uh, then they go to the Rams, 23. Then they get the Giants, 12. Cardinals without Kyler, 16. The Cowboys fell apart, 10. Uh, they let up 19 to DTR and the Browns. Uh, just plenty of games where it's like, yeah, they of course they should have dominated defensively against these teams. Like these are backup rosters playing against these guys. Um, just looking at that, and then in the playoffs, it doesn't seem like like so far the Packers looked like they played a better offensive game than them until the last play of their offense. So um, I'm I'm rolling with Detroit here. I'm not saying Detroit's defense is better than the 49ers. Um, but I would say that these last few weeks, they've at least played a lot better than what we've seen throughout the season. Uh, so I'm going to say that they're going to tighten things up. Um, if the 49ers don't have Debo, I think it's Dunzo. Um, it's going to be a mid-20s game. Give me 27 to 23, Detroit. So I've, I've wrestled back and forth with this one all week. I think this is a better matchup than Kansas City Baltimore. Um, it depends if Debo plays. If Debo Samuel doesn't play, then my pick might change later in the week to Detroit. I'm going to go with San Francisco. Um, I think it's going to be a very close game. I think it's going to be the kind of game where it matters who gets the ball last. Um I still don't believe in Detroit's defense. Like I said last week, they come and go as Aiden Hutchinson come and goes. Um, he's been playing really great. I think he's got eight sacks the past couple. Eight sacks in the last four weeks. Four weeks, yeah. Um, Brian Branch is also pretty good. They got some solid linebackers, but I don't think they have enough to stop San Francisco. Rashad White was able to run the ball on them last week. Christian McCaffrey is obviously light years ahead of Rashad White. Um, San Francisco's offensive line is also way better than Tampa Bay's. 
Um, I think Brandon Ayuk is going to give Detroit problems. I think George Kittle is too. I think it really depends on Brock Purdy. Um, I know the weather conditions last week weren't ideal, so he was having some difficulty throwing the ball. Um, had receivers slip in. He was also underthrowing some receivers. Um, I think that was more so to do with Green Bay's game plan. Um, I absolutely think that Detroit has a chance. I think the running game, um, they are a little banged up on the offensive line. Jonah Jackson, their right guard probably is not going to play. Um, Frank Ragnow also is banged up as well, too. They're all pro center. He's got a sprained knee and sprained ankle, so that's something to watch out for. He might not be 100%. Um, he's going to have to take care of Javon Kinlaw, Eric Armstead, guys like that. Um, I do think San Francisco's pass rush is going to play a little bit of a part in this. Um, I think mainly if they can cover the crossers, then they'll be fine. I think if you have Fred Warner sit in the middle, um, Dre Greenlaw sit in the middle. Um, Tampa Bay did not do that last week, and Laporta ate them alive, and Amon Rod did as well, too. Uh, Josh Reynolds had a pretty big game. Cleve Raymond, um, which he actually did not practice today as well, too, so that's something to watch out for. But I think San Francisco wins. I think San Francisco wins 27-24. I think it's going to be a close game. Okay. Um, I will go on. I do have Detroit winning this game. Um Here's the reasons why. Over the last six weeks, they're about 22 points a game defensively. You can throw on them. It's 322 yards a game, but they're holding opponents to about 68 yards rushing. 3.6 a carry. So they've been doing well in that aspect. They also have a lot of 12 touchdowns over the last six weeks, but only, but they've gotten nine picks. So they are turning you over. Uh, throughout the entire year, they were terrible in the red zone. Last four weeks, they're top eight in the red zone. So they have changed that red zone defense, and they're forcing – uh, touchdowns to be field goals, and that's obviously the difference in the Bucks, less in the Bucks game, but definitely the difference in the Rams game. As I've stated last week and stated before, 49ers giving up about five yards a carry. We saw Aaron Jones run all over them a few weeks back. We saw James Conner run over them. Uh, the Lamar didn't really run all over them when they played because they were able to throw all over him because of the threat of Lamar. Uh, with Debo up in the air, absolutely changes the complexion of this entire game. The same way I went through with the Ram or the Ravens and the, the Chiefs. I'm going through with the Lions and 49ers. Coaching edge, give that to Shanahan for sure. He's been there before he's done that. I don't think Dan Campbell's a bad coach, but if you're going X's and O's, Shanahan's one of the best coaches in the league. Quarterback, I have Jared Goff over Brock Purdy. Running back, you get Christian McCaffrey over... The Lions, but again, the Lions tandem is comparable to just Christian McCaffrey, I would say, and Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery with what they do. Uh, receiving edge, I'm giving to Detroit right now because of the fact that Debo's not there. Then you compare Amon Ra to Brandon Ayuk, you go Amon Ra. You've got uh, Josh Reynolds compared to Jawan Jenkins. You would go Josh Reynolds, Jamison Williams over Chris Conley. You would go George Kittle over Sam Laporta, but that difference is not that far away. Um, so I would go receiving edge there. <clears throat> Offensive line edge, I would go to Detroit. I know if you're talking best player, the 49ers have the best player offensively in on the line in Trent Williams. But as a whole, the Lions have a better line. And then defensively, defensive line, linebacking core, and cornerbacking, you just have. It would be the 49ers. So they're better defensively, but I do think Detroit is better defensively as the season's gone on. 
It comes down really to Nick Bosa and Aiden Hutchinson for me because both of these quarterbacks have shown that under like pressure in the pocket, they aren't great. Nick Bosa hasn't been getting home as much as obviously Aiden Hutchinson has. So that's, that's where I lean. I think Aiden Hutchinson has been having like a, he's been playing like an all pro over the last half of the season. He didn't make the all pro team. He was a pro bowler this season because he didn't start the season like that. He was good, but not great. He has been, he's been all pro over these last like half of the season. Want to quickly go through this game's littered with all pros and pro bowlers and everything. Uh, so for San Francisco, you got Christian McCaffrey, first team, Kyle Juszczyk, first team, George Kittle, first team, Trent Williams, Fred Warner, and then Traverius Ward, second team. And then on Detroit, you have St. Brown, first team, Penny Sewell, first team, Laporta, second team, Frank Ragnar, second team. And then Aiden Hutchinson is playing at a pro, all pro level. He didn't make one, but we can all agree that he's playing. He's probably right now. He's probably the best edge rusher in this game. Nick Bosa's right there. But if you go Nick Bosa, I'm not going to be angry. So I got Detroit 27-25. This game also comes down to can they get Amon Ross St. Brown put on Ambry Thomas because he's the guy. You don't want to go at Ward. He's obviously had a really good year. Uh, Lenore, you don't really want to go at him. But can you move Ben Johnson? Can you get Amon Ross St. Brown, Jamison Williams, and your playmakers on Ambry Thomas? And how can that go that is my spiel. I have the Lions 27-25. To add to your all pros, <clears throat> Niners also the first team to have 1,000-yard running back, 1,000-yard tight end, 1,000-yard receiver all on the same roster, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way I capped this game was very similar to uh, to what Brandon said. And I guess y'all said it too, but you know, I very much hindered my pick on uh, Debo Samuel. Um, he actually practiced today. He did not practice last night. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'll get to the breakdown. Actually, I'll save that. I'll save that. But I mean, let's say Debo doesn't play. I think this is very much a 50, 50 game, very much a 50, 50 game, like coin flip game, like whatever. Like, uh, I'm agonizing over it. If Debo doesn't play, if Debo does play. I lean 49ers. Um, we've seen the Niners. Uh, Tim had a good point with their schedule. Niners either blow you the fuck out or lose outright. No in between. The only close game they won was last week against the Packers. Uh, And that was in the rain. We saw Purdy could not throw in the rain. Uh, Some quarterbacks just can't. You know, some quarterbacks just cannot deal with inclement weather. It looks to be clear weather. Uh, Jared Jared Goff's a Cali kid, so he's used to, I mean, it's going to be 70 degrees, so it's going to be perfect for him. It's going to be equivalent to playing in a dome. Uh don't think there's even going to be sun, which helps both offenses too, in a way. Um, and look, uh, I forget who pointed it out, but you guys said it like their run defense, the Lions run defense is there. Like there's a recipe to where the Lions can run the ball and shorten the game and really make this a low scoring game. Uh, and we've seen that when you get two high powered offenses, when the Lions and Cowboys played a few weeks back end of the regular season, yeah. where you can just get a lower scoring game than you expected. Um, I don't know if Dan Campbell really has it in him, though, to just play it pretty conservative, play it with, uh, you know, oh, I'm going to ride Gibbs, ride Gibbs, play action to Laporta kind of thing. I just I don't know if he can play it that way the entire game. Um, and if Debo does play, I don't know how the Lions, whose pass defense is atrocious, not just bad, it's atrocious. Uh, I don't know how. I mean, yeah, if they get pressure on Purdy, OK. 
but we're relying on Aiden Hutchinson to like control their whole defense. I just that's a lie. If you're telling me Debo's going to be open, if Ayuk's going to be open, if Kittle's going to be open, if you're going to put McCaffrey in your pass game, that's a lot to ask of the Lions. Um, but if Debo's not there, I do think it becomes 50-50, and I think the position groups become, you know, a draw at that point. And I think Goff, like you said, Keen, I think Goff is a better quarterback than Purdy. But if they got everybody... And the Lions' weakness is the, the 49ers' strength. And you got Debo, who we didn't even see what the game plan was from last week. I'm of the belief that he would be basically the third down back. I think they would have put him in the backfield, not as much as McCaffrey, but like a ton, like more than whoever their backup running back is. Um, and I think he'll get a ton of touches this week in the backfield. I think they will, you know, if you're running double backfield with McCaffrey and Debo, that's just going to send a whole lot of confusion to the Lions defense. I'm not sure they're equipped for that. Debo might not play, but the fact that he practiced on Thursday and will likely practice tomorrow, you would think he's playing Sunday. And if he's at all effective and can play at even 85, 90%, good thing it's a shoulder, not a, not a leg injury if you're the Niners. Yeah, I have a tough time seeing the Lions dealing with that. And if the uh, if the Niners get up 10-0, hypothetically, yeah, you can pin your ears back a little bit on Jared Goff. And that's when your defense can become a little more effective. So, yeah, I mean, excuse me. If Debo wasn't in this game, it would definitely be 50-50. I would definitely – I'd probably lean towards the Lions. But if it's Debo and Kyle Shanahan's full playbook, hard for me to pick against the Niners. I'm going to say Niners 31-28. I Alrighty. do think the Lions at least cover. Um, and by the way, let me let me switch my pick for the uh, Ravens Chiefs. Not my pick, but my score. I'll give my score 28-24. Alrighty. And okay. Slightly more low scoring, but okay, still kind of high scoring. But yeah, no, I just... The Niners definitely have their holes. But, I mean, Nick Mullins threw for 350 on the Lions defense twice this year. Uh, Purdy's going to do with a clean pocket with good weather. I think McCaffrey, I think Debo, and I think Ayuk are just going to kind of run amok and kittle. I, I have a hard time seeing the Lions really break that. Unless you're telling me Aiden Hutchinson's running amok and just getting well, pressure all day it, on Purdy. It's going to be a red zone game because I think true you can, true. you cause I mean, teams have been thrown all over him. Doesn't matter. Baker through for a party yards wise, Matt Stafford threw a party yards wise, but each team only scored 23 points because they were able to hunker down in the red zone. So I think a lot of it's going to come to that too. I think Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy probably should have 300 yards in this game. It just depends on if he has a couple turnovers with that 300 yards and how many touchdowns does he have with the 300 yards. The difference in between the bucks and the, not as much actually the Rams is obviously Christian McCaffrey's a little bit different of an animal animal. Kyron Williams, obviously second team all pro. He was great this season. Rashad White's very good, but they're both not Christian McCaffrey. So that's a little bit of an added advantage for them. So we'll, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. My, re- my reply with to that would be like red zone. Sure. It definitely is a red zone game and we've seen the lines tighten up, but what red zone offense would you want more than the Niners? Uh, I mean, not only that, like the Debo effect, I think Debo is going to have like 40-yard plays, 60-yard plays this game. Like the Lions are susceptible to that. 
I mean, um, he matters so much to their offense. So <laughs> he does. He's so he's so explosive. Like McCaffrey, if you want to say McCaffrey's the best player, sure. But Debo's like their most explosive player. And uh, I don't know in the red zone, Debo, McCaffrey, and Kittle, and Ayuk, who's built for the red zone. I can't see the Ravens stop. Or sorry, I can't see the Lions stopping that. It's very much, pretty much the similar, you know, theory I have with the Ravens against the Chiefs. It's just too much for the Chiefs to handle, and I think the Niners are going to be too much for the Lions to handle. But I do believe the Lions will be able to score and keep up. Um, and who knows? We could come in here. Purdy has a two-interception game. You know, that's going to fare very well for the Lions. But yeah. I don't know. I'm going to roll with the Niners. And, I mean, you know, if, it's tough because you can turn around and say, yeah, the Lions defense is playing much better. But I don't know. Gone to my head. It's still the Niners, and it's still the Lions. I mean, the Lions are cursed. We saw the Bills lose in excruciating fashion. Who's to say the Lions won't lose in excruciating fashion? I'm not wishing it on them, but it's certainly possible. There is there is a Lions curse out there. So, um, Timmy, do you have any uh, questions, points, comments, concerns that you wanted to bring up at all right now? I brought up red zone offenses. To me. Obviously, I'd take the 49ers. They got a lot of talent. But I would still definitely have the Lions in uh, at least the conversation. You know, For they sure. get inside For the sure. 20. They got five different ways they can score on you. Um, and they're all pretty effective. So I would definitely still have them. Definitely probably like top five. Um, but the 49ers, like you said, they're definitely more talented, better aligned. Uh, better offensive mind, even though Ben Johnson's been cooking up. Some pretty good plays. Um, I can see Debo running wild and just, you know, 60-yard chunk plays. I can see Jameer Gibbs breaking a few chunk plays. I can see Amon Ra doing it. Um, So I I really think this is going to be just a back-and-forth heavyweight fight right here. We're going to see a lot of scoring. Um, Yeah. Um, question my, to you guys. Never mind, Kyle's mentioned... going to have it. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned the red zone offense. But who do you think has the better red zone defense in this matchup to all three of you guys? Like, who would you rather have the Niners defense in the red zone or would you rather have the Lions defense in the red zone? I'd say the Niners. I feel like they just have a little bit more on their defense. I would take the Niners. Um, I honestly think you could argue it, though. Between the you lines, can, they've you can make definitely, the lines. yeah, over the last month and definitely throughout the playoffs, they've definitely really tightened up in the red zone. So, sure, you could definitely argue it. I would take the 49ers just because you know, we've seen pretty consistent defensive play from them. I would probably take the 49ers too, but I think it's very close and closer than what you would appear on paper. Again, I just think you have a little bit more there, like. If it gets to third and goal from the 12 on the Lions, you have Aiden Hutchinson and hopefully someone else can get there. You know you have Chase Young and Nick Bosa, so it adds a little bit. Um, but also, the Lions have been very good, so that's something that it's a it's a debate for sure. Two other things I want to throw out. Yep. Um, so you'll remember Thanksgiving Day. Right, we had I think it was Cowboys, Commanders, yep. Lions, Packers, and the Lions were on a tear, mm-hmm. and then it was Niners, Seahawks, right? Yep. Um, and everybody and their moms obviously had Lions, Niners, Cowboys, and then probably the Dolphins with a parlay. 
Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, your question anytime you're doing a parlay like that is like, who's going to fuck this up? Right. And I presented you guys a question a couple weeks ago, like, hey, what's the what's more likely that the Packers get excluded from the playoffs exactly how they did last year with the Lions, with the team on the come up, uh, just blocking them from the playoffs or that we get two number ones in the Super Bowl two years in a row? Because it never happens that we get two number ones, it seems like. Yeah. And here we are. We got one versus three each side. And I'm like, man, like, it seems like it's right there, but it just seems like one's going to fuck it up. And if I were to pick one to fuck it up, it would be the Niners, even though I think they've been the best team along the way. But I definitely struggled with this when I was breaking down the games way more than the AFC side. Uh, Other thing I wanted to mention that is a factor in this game, Dan Campbell is absolutely unhinged when it comes to play calling, when it comes to fourth down calls. Uh, And I do think we could see a situation where, you know, he's going for it on fourth and eight at his own 45. And that just gives the Niners a short field. So, I mean, you know, if you do think the Niners were to win by 10 points, I mean, that's that's something you can factor in. I think Kyle Shanahan's a bit safer. He's definitely aggressive. He's an offensive coach. so He's going to be aggressive on fourth down. But I could see Campbell going for it on, you know, anything that's past fourth and five, you know, fourth and seven, fourth and I could see Campbell just going for it when he doesn't necessarily need to. And not coming back to bite him. So that's where I think Shanahan will have the edge in this game. I mean, we saw it in that Dallas game. That was the equivalent of a playoff game. And he refused to not go for two on that uh, on that last uh, debacle, which he did get fucked over by the refs. But, I mean, he just refused to kick that extra point and go no OT. You know what I mean? So Campbell does have that on him. What do you guys think about that? I think that could certainly be a factor. Like I, I do agree, he's super, super aggressive with some of his play calling. Um, I mean, it could even come down to maybe if they're within field goal range and he elects to, let's say, go for it on fourth and three instead of kicking mm-hmm. uh, a fifty-yard field goal. And let's say they they don't convert, like that. That's enough to swing momentum in a game. Um, and I think something like that could definitely backfire because that's the Dan Campbell way is. Go big or go home. Um, everybody says that Dan Campbell has balls of steel, and it's true. Uh, dude just does not back down at all. True story. True story. Uh, Timmy, you? I think I was literally going to say, like, nearly the exact same thing that Brandon just said. They're in field goal range, like, fourth and three from the, from the 15, and they go for it instead of just taking the three points. But I think they're going to get it. I think this team's going to be coached up. They're going to be ready to play. And it's just going to turn into a touchdown. And it's just – they're going to set the tone early. Because um, they know that field goals aren't going to win them this game. they got to score. they got to be up in the high 20s to win this game. So and if anybody is yeah. going to prove it to the team, it's going to be Dan Campbell. So they're going to be going for it. I could see him going for it on a questionable fourth down two or three times in this game. Because and they that's, want to set the tone. That's exactly where I'm at. I think he's going to go for it three or four times. And I just wonder, like, if he's 50%, you know, I mean, a lot of those happen, like, within the midfield area. So if you're getting the 49ers a short field, that's almost a death sentence. You're getting either three or seven out of that, oftentimes seven when you're the Niners. Um, I mean, you know, we talked about the defenses, but. This Lions team's built for this game as far as it's matching. They can go mano a mano with yeah. this Niners team. And as you said, with Ben Johnson, the play calling's going to be just as good as Kyle Shanahan's. Uh, 
So, I mean, it's crazy to say this, but there's a world where we're absolutely getting Detroit in the Super Bowl. I can't oh, yeah. see it yet. Um, and I really do think the inexperience of Dan Campbell will show up in this game on one of those fourth down calls or something. Like, I just feel like there's going to be a Dan Campbell moment where it's even going to top him trying to go for two repetitively uh, in that Dallas game. So, I can't wait. I think this is going to be the more chaotic game out of the two. Um, I do think... Baltimore and the Chiefs that has a chance to rival the uh, the Bills game as far as drama, as far as last week's game. Um, Keen, I want to point out, just because I'm going to bring this up on another podcast. I've said this to you before, me, you, and Tim are recording, on uh, how I think the 2010s NFL is just like the best era, mm-hmm. like an incredible era. And I was kind of going through it the other night, and just I just went through 2010 through 2013, and there was a ton of of classic moments mm-hmm. that were in that just in that vein um but i was looking at 2014 i think it would be the 2013 season 2014 playoffs it's crazy but back-to-back weeks keenan we got des caught it that drama and then the very next game for the packers was packers seahawks that classic game like that was a and then that led to seahawks malcolm butler so we got three like bona fide classics back to back to back in those weeks so yeah um, I wonder if we can live up this year. We've got, we've had some good games. We've had one for sure classic with Baltimore Chiefs last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, a really good game in Niners Packers, but we might be set up for two classics on we Sunday. Absolutely could be. Um, one thing I wanted to say was I could see the Ravens and Bengals game being up to Ravens Bengals Ravens and Chiefs game being a lot like the Bengals and Chiefs game last year. The twenty three to twenty obviously came down to the field goal at the end, the controversial call. Two high powered offenses that the defense knows how to play against them, obviously. So, um, it could that could be a very interesting uh game and kind of be just like the other AFC North team was. That's one two. You're right, absolutely, from that 2010 to that 2013. Obviously, you had the Giants Super Bowl. You had the Cardinals versus the Packers, the 45-42. I think you had the other – no, I think the other Cardinals-Packers was a little bit later with the Larry Fitzgerald play, but it could have been also in that time. I can't remember if it was exactly – It was later. It was was, was like 2016. I thought it was like a little bit later. But um, you had the Aaron Rodgers. You had Tebow Mania. You had Tebow Mania. You had Tebow Mania thrown for, I think, 310 against the Steelers, and then the big play to Demarius Thomas. You obviously had, uh, if you're talking 2013, that means you had the first of the Patriots in Broncos. That wasn't as close of a game, but still just uh, Brady Manning anytime they play is always going to be interesting and always going to be a story. Um, you had the Flacco fling. You had the Flacco fling. Yeah. You had, like, there was so much there. Obviously, the Super Bowl, the candlestick, uh, that game was crazy. Uh, 2010 Packers Steelers was very good too i know uh, aaron Rodgers played a great game in that super bowl but that one was pretty interesting too so yeah there's a, there a lot of there is a lot oh, just in the first three years where i'm like and then i mean you can keep going with the next three years if you wanted to but like it's there's so many things in every single playoffs that's very interesting and very intriguing but last thing i want to ask before if anything else anyone has anything else to play under the most pressure this weekend tim start with you It's hard not to pick a quarterback. Um, I mean, they're all under pressure. Mahomes is under the least pressure in my mind because mm-hmm. he could lose and nobody cares. Uh, actually, if he loses, people are cheering. People want him to lose. Um, Lamar, 
I think is under quite a bit of pressure just because if he doesn't win now, then when, you know, it's kind of like he's got to get one eventually. Yeah. Um, but I think under the most pressure is going to be Brock Purdy just because hmm. he kind of can make or break this team. And if he breaks this team, then that's two seasons in a row of the only thing you remember from the season is technically Brock Purdy's the reason why the season didn't end up in the Super Bowl. First time, not his fault, but yeah. It's not his fault, yeah. but that's but, exactly the reason. That's the only thing yeah. people remember is, is, yeah, is you know, without Purdy, point, we yeah. weren't there. So, it's an interesting um, point. Plus, people still don't believe that he's like the guy. They don't think he's the franchise quarterback. They don't think he's their answer. Um, so he can really kind of prove that this weekend. I think he did pretty well last weekend, all things considered, losing Debo. Um, so I think he's under the most pressure. And then Lamar right after that. I don't think Jared Goff really has anything to prove. He's been to a Super Bowl. Uh, nobody really expected the Lions to make this deep of a push. So honestly, they've already overachieved as it is. Um, but if the, if the 49ers don't get to a Super Bowl with Kyle Shanahan, you could put Kyle Shanahan there, I guess, because season yeah. after season after season, some way it all comes falling down. And even though they keep mm-hmm. making it to the, or the NFC Championship game, they just can't seem to get it done. Uh, so, yes. I'll piggyback off of that because I would have exactly the same order that Tim just gave. I think Lamar is under the most pressure. Uh it's funny how polarizing of a figure Purdy is because obviously he's not as skilled as the other three quarterbacks that are left. Right. And uh, like people like he's a hot topic in the quarterback community, in the football community, like as far he's as honestly goes, the, arg- like, the hottest topic, it yeah. seems that way. And uh, so he really shouldn't being Mr. Irrelevant and being in his second season, there should be no pressure. Like he should still be a Cinderella story, but it seems like there's a lot of people who are rooting for him to fail. So he weirdly, I agree with Tim. He weirdly has more pressure than Goff or certainly Mahomes when it comes to quarterbacks, but not more pressure than Lamar. Uh, You know, same, like, like we've been saying, you know, same with Josh Allen. If not now, then when, you know, you got Burrow down, you got Mahomes when they're clearly compromised. They are very clearly compromised. Baltimore should win this game. There's a reason why it's still sitting at three and a half and not three. Um, So, yeah, Lamar's got – I mean, if Lamar were to lay an egg in this game, it would be just bad for his legacy. It would be very much like early Peyton Manning for his legacy. So, it's got to be Lamar. And then as far as coaches go, it's got to be Shanahan. Shanahan's been so close. He's either been in the big game or within a possession of the big game or – like last year, it wasn't any of their faults. Purdy gets injured, and you know, they get a, a, a shit shit luck, really. Yep. But you know, overall, if not any of them, it's got to be Kyle Kyle check. So fair enough, uh, Brandon. You fullbacks. Yeah, I think it, I think it's definitely Lamar Jackson. I think it's a combination of a couple of things. I think with him getting that big contract, um, that definitely plays into it when you're getting paid like that. You know, you're expected to bring championships to Baltimore. Um, and I've seen people asking him all week, you know, you're back in the AFC championship game. Like, how do you handle this? Like, you know, I, I think arguably you could say that Baltimore is the favorite right now to win the Super Bowl. I, I would certainly say that they are. I think on paper they're the best team. Um And I think also for Lamar, too, I, I think if you lose, it kind of piggyback, piggy, piggybacks to the narrative of, okay, hey, maybe you're not a franchise quarterback. You know, maybe you're 
a running back that plays quarterback, you know, that can't win the big game. Um, you crack under pressure. Enough. Yeah, like, you, you know, you're kind of a gimmick player. Whatever, you know, whatever you want to call him, whatever. Don't care what the word is. But I think it's Lamar. Um, I think if they don't win, regardless if it's Kansas City or not, I, I think it could get very ugly for him. And then questions – there's going to be questions that follow, you know, is it the guy for Baltimore? Like, you know, did we, oh, did we mess up by paying him, you know, franchise quarterback money? And it's, it's going to open up a whole can of worms that I think he doesn't want to get involved in and that Baltimore doesn't want to get involved in. Either. Um, so, I think that Lamar and Brock Purdy are both under the most pressure. So I agree with that. Uh, Lamar, I think, can lose this game. He can't play bad in it because I do think the fact that it is Mahomes and Reed and they are what they are, it was the same. I know it's not exactly the same, but again, if they do win this game, it's going to be bordering on Brady Belichick. It wasn't the end of the world for quarterbacks who are better, who are, I mean, who are really good to lose to Brady and Belichick because it is those two. So, I do think Lamar just needs to play a very good game. He doesn't have to win. I think that Brock Purdy has to win. Like, I don't think there's a way he can just play a really good game. And I think he, for him, I think the win means more than it does for Lamar because they're playing a Detroit Lions team with Dan Campbell and Jared Goff. I think that's just how it works. Um, Playing-wise... Um, I think actually I'm going to wait on that. Cause I think that's an X factor thing. I wanted to ask actually about X factor. Who's the biggest X factor of the weekend can be any team. Off the top of my head, I would say, I mean, I kind of already said Debo for the Niners, but I mean, he's, he's their number two option. If not number one, one, a one B kind of thing. Uh, I would say Gibbs for the Lions. Gibbs, yeah. I think he's going to play a big role. I think he's going to – honestly, I think he's going to tear the Niners up. And I think if the Lions do win, he'll be a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's the number one player that jumps off to me when you ask X-Factor. All right. Um, Timmy, you? I was going to say Gibbs. Um, I'll say OBJ. I think he's just going to make a couple go. clutch plays and it's just going to work out. I like that. Uh, they get him when they need him and then it works. I like that. I love me some OBJ. Brandon, how about you? So I was going to go Debo, but we've already brought up the whole Debo thing. I actually have a 1A and 1B because um, yep. I, I kind of can't decide between the two. It's two defensive players, Aiden Hutchinson, Kyle Hamilton. Um, mm. As I've said, Detroit's defense kind of runs off of Aiden Hutchinson. Um, I, he's going to have to have a big game. And then Kyle Hamilton as well, too. We saw a vintage Travis Kelsey game last week. Granted, Baltimore's defense is great, but I think – I think Kyle Hamilton's going to have to shoulder majority of the load for Travis Kelsey um, and for that crossing concept and stuff. So I think I think Kyle Hamilton is going to be a big X factor for Baltimore's defense. Yeah, um, I agree with everyone. Everything that everyone said. Uh, I was going to have two offensive, two defensive, just to quickly give shine to both. Uh, offensively, I think Travis Kelsey. I think he him having a game unlocks that entire offense. Obviously, Isaiah Pacheco on the ground, it's going to be big for them to get a ground game. But if you have Travis Kelsey getting open on Kyle Hamilton, getting open on Roquan Smith, that changes the entire complexion of that offense. And then offensively, I think it's Amon Ross St. Brown. I understand he's very good. But if you can have him on Traverius Ward doing work, if you get him on any switches in the slot or whatever, 
he unlocks that offense. I think his playmaking skills up with the ball in his hands and his route running getting open really helps Jared Goff. Defensively, I agree completely it is Aiden Hutchinson because he's really the defense. He's the engine that makes that defense go. And if they're going to play, they need him to make at least three key plays. Either it's a sack, a pass rush to get Brock Purdy off the spot, maybe a turnover here. And then Ambry Thomas is the other one because that is what Ben Johnson and the entire Lions organization is going to be aiming for because he is the third corner who is not all that great. Can you guard Iman Ra on certain plays? Can you not let Jamin Williams get over your head? Can you not let Josh Reynolds just get chunk plays on you? That is going to be big, and so those are my guys. I'd say another one could be, and we don't know what his health truly is. Uh, it could be just running out, running around getting cardio, but it would be Mark Andrews. If he's healthy, that could completely yeah. put Baltimore over the top, like not just over the Chiefs, but over the 49ers as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a couple rapid-fire questions. I know I know a couple of y'all got to get up like real early. Uh, Shout out not to all y'all, but... <laughs> uh, let's say this game's 2020 AFC side let's say it's 2020 doesn't matter who's got the ball do you think do you think the Chiefs get a call last year was a big topic of like the Chiefs get calls uh, do you think they will just get just get a call here or there where it uh, could have been holding it could not have but we're we're just going to throw it to the Chiefs do you think that will be a factor any of the three of you take it first. We'll go rapid fire because I got a couple more. Factor, no, absolutely they'd get a call. I don't think it's going to become to a point where they need to have a factor. But I do think that. But they hypothetically, could, if it was hypothetically, yes, they absolutely would get a call. Absolutely. Okay. I'm going to say hypothetically, yes. Um, and then I also think there's going to be like a missed call. I think you're going to see like an obvious Jawan Taylor hold that the refs are just not going to call. So I think it's going to be one of those cases too. Yeah, I think they'll probably get like a judgment call that could have gone either way. That should have gone one way and they just get it. Phantom passer, phantom roughing the passer on third in like 11 Mahomes. Mahomes, one of the things that pisses me off the most, I know this is rapid fire. Mahomes throws a pick. There's a phantom like oh, half God, holding yeah. call that like or a bump and like Pete was like he didn't actually throw a pick, but he really did. It was just a bad decision, but he gets bailed out with that. So I think it's going to be a pass. I think it's going to be a roughing the passer call on a third down late in game if that was to be the case. Keenan, we talked about it. We didn't get a chance to talk about it with Tim and Brandon, but that call where they call the legal touching on Buffalo where. He hit the Chiefs receiver within five yards before Mahomes released it. That was one of the latest flags I've ever yeah. seen. I was damn near beside myself when that happened. I don't know how y'all felt about it. I think um, I actually that texted was incredible. you about that one, Kyle. I, I think Yeah, you might have. You might have. Yeah. I mean I was too upset about the DeMar Hamlin call, <laughs> them trying to get him the comeback player of the year. But yeah, no, that was I could not believe they I mean they they threw that flag a good ten seconds after the whistle. Or after the play was dead, and that's not even an exaggeration. Like, and they even they discussed it. They stood there talking (laughs) about, well, was he within five? Was the ball thrown? Okay, we're gonna give it to him anyways. Like, that was nuts. And it's weird to me. Again, I don't want to get too far into it, but I mean, we saw. I believe it was Brandon Staley a few weeks ago. He challenged a judgment call on a flag. 
but that wasn't able to be challenged if right. he was within five yards. So I just I don't understand the NFL rule book when it comes to what's challengeable and what's not. Uh, it changes so much. No one does. Literally it seems no to. It really seems to. Uh, out of these two games, which do you think has higher blowout potential? 49ers and Lions, and I think it'd be the 49ers blowing out the Lions because I there's a I can't see Mahomes getting blown out. The Ravens' defense is too good to allow them to get blown out. I think this has to be a close game regardless. The Lions could just not have a defense, and Jared Goff could throw picks. So I think the 49ers blowing out the Lions. I don't really see the Lions blowing out the 49ers, even though technically the Packers could have last week if they capitalized on everything. Yeah, I agree. I I, I think that's the most obvious out of out of them. I think the second one would possibly be Baltimore versus Kansas City, just just on the basis that Baltimore has played San Francisco and other top tier teams really well. So I could see a scenario where that happens. I just don't think it's very likely. So I, I do think San Francisco has the highest chance to blow out Detroit. I'm actually going to take Baltimore. We've seen them play plenty of top tier talent and blow them out. Um, they just they're they're built for it. They can run. They can kill the clock. Their defense just turns it over. They if if they get a couple turnovers early, it's not unreasonable to say that the the Ravens are up twenty one to three or twenty one to nothing even uh, yeah. just by capitalizing on some early interceptions, fumbles. Mm-hmm. Tim, to bolster your point, Ravens beat the Lions by thirty two, beat the Niners by fourteen. Beat the Dolphins by 37. Beat the Browns by 25. Beat the Texans by 16 and 24. The Jags by 16. The Seahawks by 34. And the Bengals by 14. Nine two touchdown wins over teams with winning records is unprecedented. They have, uh, they're like set um, before the Texans game. They were seven and two against playoff teams, and they had an average margin of victory by 17 points. And when they played the 49ers. They were way up on them, and it took a Sam Darnold garbage time touchdown to make it a 14-point game. <laughs> yeah, so that was, was more like a 20-point game that they were up and That's managing. what it felt like, absolutely. But for uh, sure. Last question for y'all. Yep. It's a Keenan Classic. I love Keenan Monday Classic night, questions. we're in here talking, we're reviewing the games. What's the story? What's the biggest story from Sunday's games that we will be talking about? Tim, we'll start with you. Uh, I'm going to say... The Super Bowl logo is incorrect this year. Have you seen the, the color scheming? <laughs> That's the biggest thing. Is going to say the scriptwriters got it wrong. They put some red in. It should have been blue. They don't know what they're doing. I was not expecting you to go there. There you go. What about, a, what, about what about from Sunday? What about from Sunday's games? Um, I think there's a good chance we're going to see one quarterback crumble under the pressure um, and they're just going to be talking about like maybe it's a big turnover game or just like dumb decision in a big moment um, Who's that quarterback? I, think, I think it's going to be purdy i really do but i could low-key seeing it be lamar and it would break my heart if the ravens lose uh, so <laughs> i'm gonna say you. it's purdy i feel you Brandon, you go next. okay i'm gonna i'm gonna go i'm gonna go I'm going to go with the quarterback as well, too. But I think it's going to be just to kind of go in like an opposite direction of Tim. 
I think it's going to be a quarterback that kind of pops off and puts his team on his back. I think it's Lamar Jackson. I'm going to say 400 all-purpose yards and four touchdowns. Mm. Kind of like a bold, you know, bold prediction, like I guess you could say. I would like that more one. than literally anyone on this side. Are you saying I should parlay that with like a, a UVM <laughs> win, maybe? <laughs> I did. I, Kyle, I, actually, yeah, Kyle, I got to tell you about that one. <laughs> I don't think Kyle heard that one. No, no, Kyle heard the UVM. The UVM. Oh, oh, he did. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah no, that was, that was some real degenerate <laughs> shit. If you would have told me it was with, like, four other college basketball games, I'd be like, all right, that's on brand. But no, that's, a Pacers that's... underdog – Congrats on the win, though. That's 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 a big time unhinged <laughs> a, win. Is what that the hell is a that huge is. win. Very um, unhinged. <laughs> don't don't put that on your parlay, though, Tim. <laughs> no, do oh. do the four hundred yards. Do the four hundred. Yeah. Okay. Keep so, what you got. I've got two. One is one Monday morning. People will be like, will the Super Bowl win? Would Lamar Jackson surpass Patrick Mahomes for the best quarterback in the league? That is what people will be talking about over the next two weeks. Uh, so it's definitely going to be Lamar based and him having a great game against the Chiefs. And then the other one would be, is Aiden Hutchinson the best pass rusher in the league? B2. Interesting. Because people... People love to jump on waves early, and it'd be like, well, he has 10 sacks over the last five games. Uh, he's single-handedly carrying this uh, Detroit defense. Is he on the level, same level as Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, Nick Bosa? Uh, not, I mean, Aaron Donald, but he's obviously more interior. So is he on that level? Bold take. Aiden Hutchinson, pick six. Pick six. Okay. If Aiden right, Hutchinson right. gets I, I, a pick six, I'll be in enti- I'll be thrilled. I would be thrilled. I can give you a local line headline here in Jacksonville if Detroit wins and Aiden Hutchinson has a good game. And that's gonna be why Jacksonville should have taken Hutchinson number one overall instead of Trayvon Walker, but that's a conversation for another time. Yeah, we still gotta do a, a, a Jags reassessment of this season, a review of the season, I should say. Um uh, so we obviously are running out of time here a little bit here because obviously people have uh, their day jobs <laughs> and not that. One thing that I do want to talk about a little bit next time is Jim Harbaugh to the Chargers and what that looks like because I think that's a very oh, yeah. big story. I think that's something And the huge. fact that Belichick's probably not even going to be a coach this year. Yeah. And that was the, and that was the other point. We're gonna get is, Bel- we might get Belichick on TV, which is – and that's, that, a, that's almost say, a better outcome. That was the, uh, that was the thing. Is he going to be a coach like – the chances are like one percent, but would he ever be a, just a D coordinator? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, he would never be it. But it's I was hypotheticals are fun. Um, so definitely next time we can add that in with obviously talking about these crazy games. But if no one has anything else, this was the Warner Brothers podcast. Uh, Thank you. Well, no, one half of the Warner Brothers podcast didn't even give his Monday. Headline. Oh yeah, so, so sorry. Oh, you don't so, half of the time, the dis- Kyle. The disrespect. Um, half, Kyle, um, Timmy, Timmy, you can actually uh, actually attest to this. Half the time, Kyle won't give a Monday morning headline. He'll just normally ask, and be like, ah, I don't actually really know. <laughs> so my, I feel that, like I've given mine. <laughs> you I have, you like absolutely have before, time, but yeah. 
You but absolutely have before. But there, yeah. but there are times there are questions. You're like, oh, I don't really know. I just wanted to know what you guys thought. But you got what's That's your true. morning? That's morning true. I have given I have given questions where I did not have my own answer that I wanted to hear. What so you guys so think. my bad, Kyle. What is your this, Monday morning? This is going to be this is going to be some vagueness. But I do think I think there's always some drama coming out of these games. We had Deflate Gate coming out of these games. We were just talking about classic moments of the 2010s. This one's one of my favorites that I kind of forgot about. Jay Cutler just sitting a second half when he had a knee injury. Um, there's just just always the some bike. sort of drama. Nicole Roby yeah. Coleman. Um... <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the non-pass interference call. Like, there's always some drama. There's always some ref drama in these type of games. Um, so I hear you guys on some of the narrative plays. But I do think there's going to be something like, like, what the fuck was that? Like, what was he thinking? Why did he do that? Um, again, I know this is vague, but there's just going to be some some drama thing that happened that we're all going to be like, bro, what the fuck was that? What was mm-hmm. that in the Chiefs-Ravens game? What was that in the Niners-Lions game? Um, I mean, look, I mean, I do think – I didn't pick it, but, I mean, we just talked about it. I do think the Niners have blowout possibilities, so maybe we're really only keying in on the Ravens and uh, Chiefs on Monday. But – I mean, I just think there's going to be some drama. That's what we'll be talking about, and uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. There, there, there's, there's a lot to these games for sure. There's one other headline that a possible thing, and is is Patrick Mahomes already the goat? And I, I, if there's like a if he wins the Super Bowl, I already have my entire argument made and prepared for him not being. See, y'all are talking about ESPN headlines. I'm talking about your headlines. No, I no, I'm talking about headlines all over. I know. I mean, I'm giving. I gave my headlines of what I think it's going to be. But I do think it's going to be Aiden Hutchinson possibly in the conversation, and then Lamar Jackson can he overtake? I think that's just a conversation that's interesting. But I do think a true. Sorry, I do think a true one is Patrick Mahomes already to go because people are already talking about it, and if he wins Mm -hmm. another one. Oh boy! (laughs) Am I going to be upset? The one that we didn't give, uh, and it's obvious, and it's right there. If the Lions win, that's the story. Any way, shape, or form, the Lions win. That's going to be the story for two weeks. It's going to be a party in Detroit. If they win, if they win the Super Bowl, Eminem's performing "Lose Yourself" at the party. (laughs) If if they win a Super Bowl, they literally in the last decade (laughs) have gone from the worst to the best by going zero and sixteen all the way to winning a Super Bowl. That yeah, be and that I don't think no no franchise has ever done that. So. That's going to be a thirty for thirty. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah, that for sure would be a thirty for thirty. It would be. Um, They're definitely yeah, going to no, get that, that that fan that's like eighty year season ticket holder for the Lions or whatever. <laughs> Some feel good story. He's going to be all over it. He'll he'll Maybe. he'd kick it off. They'd show the field. And yeah, he'd be, be like, like, I was there during the zero sixteen. I was there. I was there the last game when they lost so in sixteen. I remember Barry in that first in that last win we had. Megatron, Stafford, and finally Dan Campbell knee kneecap eating Campbell comes home and gets it done. Is it is it possible maybe that the Pistons took all of the the Lions bad juju and the Lions it's, it's certainly it's very very is possible. it is it All possible that, the that from the 80s to the 2000s is like, it possible that the, the Pistons Lions? lose or win less games than the Lions this season what are the Pistons at right now uh the five, five wins 
Uh, they're not even at six wins yet. No. And the Lions combined with their playoffs, they're at what? Uh, they're five and 39 and Detroit won 12 games. So they're at 14. So it'd be 16 games. So that means it'd have to be like a 33% winning team. That that's a tough ask for them. (laughs) So there's a chance that if the lions win the super bowl, (laughs) that Detroit, the Pistons don't win as many games as the lions, which would be, insane the fact that even if the lions lose this week the fact that the pistons will still be like in no. range of what the lions got you know they, what i mean they'll probably they could still 14, do it but it won't Wild. be much yeah they could still i That's mean they've bad. played they've technically they've played 44 games and won five on that pace they're on pace to win nine so it I already think, could be like done <laughs> i think the wizards and the spurs have worse rosters like i don't understand it granted they have shit records too but like oh my i God, think man. they have worse rec uh worse rosters than the pistons the, the pistons have a pretty bad. good young roster yeah they have pieces but you know that's that this is a like, literally a conversation from february 12th on like once once the super bowl's over actually february 13th let me get a day of talking about the super bowl and then it's basketball, all basketball. Hey, this was the Warner Brothers podcast. This was Kyle. This was Keenan. This was Timmy Garoppolo. This was Brandon Petty. <laughs> We're out of here. We'll see you Monday. We'll be reviewing the games. Will Tim and Brandon be here? That's the cliffhanger. We're going to leave y'all on. Catch know. me and Keenan on live take over the weekend. Oh, we'll be reviewing the championship games on Sunday. Uh, catch us on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, all that. Do not check out our Twitter. That's defunct. Uh, We're out of here. See y'all Monday.